Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Saints, you're here. Give yourselves a big hand. That's awesome. Here we go. Come on now. I love this service. This is fun. Loved having Banning here last week. And did you enjoy Banning? Yeah? I thought it was really good and um, loved just as he prayed for us. He prayed that we would be a church with a see a great harvest this year. And we're believing for that. Um, it's great to see all of you. Thanks so much for being here and for worshiping and jumping all in uh, as we seek the Lord together. We are in the final week of a um, three-week series called Commission. And we're, we're taking this season to focus in on, um, we spent three weeks talking about being rooted and spending time alone with God and our relationship with God. And now this commission series is coming out of those three weeks where we talked about spending time alone with Jesus each day with the dream for that to become a habit, for that to become something that's a part of our lives. And this commission series is then, okay, in relationship with Jesus, now I've got others on my mind and I'm gonna go be a part of the Great Commission. And so today we'll wrap up this series. It'll be the last week and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what God is doing through our small groups as well. Um, we're gonna start the new small group semester on September 29th. And if you're new to Radiant, one of the things about our church is that we're clustered or grouped in small groups. And it's really in these small groups where we find relationship and it's where the pastoral care really takes place. And I'm just so grateful for everybody that leads small groups. Can you give a big hand to people that do small groups? That's great. Yeah. We have so many different leaders that are pastoring people and taking care of people and know their name and pray for them and help them and equip them and encourage them. And so we have a dream and that is, I have a dream that we would have more people in small groups than even here on Sundays one day and sitting in circles and coffee shops and houses. And so that's happening. And I just love, uh, I love what God is doing through that, continuing to hear great stories about small groups. And so anyway, that's gonna be, our, we do a 13 week semester and the new semester will start September 29th. And I'm hoping that all of you are able to jump in to one of those. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn to John chapter 17, uh, and you can put one finger there. You can put another finger, if you will, in Isaiah chapter 6, and then you can put another one in Matthew 28, and then you can put another one in Acts 9, you can put another one in 1 Corinthians 9. If you got five fingers, you can go to those five places. Let me pray. And then we'll dive in. Jesus, we love you so much. And I just thank you for this worship team. I thank you so much for small group leaders. I thank you for each person that's here this morning. We thank you that we get to be your disciples here and now. And God, we want not to simply play church. We don't wanna just talk ideas. We wanna live as followers of Christ in our generation. We wanna see your hand in and through us. We pray that you would be at work. And that word from Banning last week, that we would be a church of the harvest, I pray that that would come to fruition. We pray your kingdom come, your will be done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. John 17 here, Jesus' prayer. And here in verse 14, we've got this prayer that we would... First, he's praying for the disciples, but then it would be for us as well, that we would live sent. And that's the idea of the Great Commission, that we would be sent ones. And so I wanna read it. Imagine here, this is Jesus praying for his disciples. And it says this, I, I have given them your word and, your, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them 
out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Here it is. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So this is the text that we get that phrase, in the world, but not of the world, which is kind of a famous idea in church world. And it's that tension. It's that we're called to be consecrated, totally the Lord's, and yet we live in a world that needs Jesus. And so Jesus here prays this idea for his disciples. And you can take this as a prayer that he's praying over you, an idea that he's praying over you. And that is this, that I am completely his, that I belong to him. I'm in relationship with him and I'm on mission. I've got something that God wants me to do. I am a sent one. My dream for us today is that we would see ourselves as sent ones. Sometimes when it comes to this topic of evangelism, the idea of telling people about Jesus, the idea of being his hands and his feet, it's easy for us to think of an obligation that we don't want to do based upon that we don't have a personality that can do it easily. But I wanna invite you to not think of yourself as a salesman that sells Jesus, where you're trying to tell people in a way that is consumer oriented. Instead, I wanna invite you into the grand narrative of the way that Jesus is talking, where he sends out his disciples and we are sent ones. So you are not the salesman, you are the sent one. You're the one who Jesus, just like he prays for his disciples and sends out his disciples, he's praying for you and he's sending you out. And so when you've got that as kind of the way that you see it, then it's easy to enjoy being faithful to the work that he's called you to do. It's easy to be a sent one that's on mission in relationship with God. And I think sometimes it's easy for us to form kind of like this idea of laws or rules and where we're trying to just do, say what we have to say, keep the rules we have to keep instead of our primary worldview being that I'm in relationship with Jesus. And because I'm in relationship, then what I do is an overflow of that. So I was thinking about, for me, I I grew up in uh, Oklahoma City in my teenage years and uh, and, and my parents uh, did not allow us to go to the public school dances. And so um, I wanted to go and they said we couldn't go. And, and so, you know, early 1990s, some, some rock and music back then, I wanted to go be a part <laughs> and, and I couldn't get my parents to say yes, but I did get them to say yes by high school because I began to talk this talk with them. So my dad's a disciple maker, my dad's a pastor. And, and so I said to him, dad, I'm gonna go to the, I wanna go to the dance and I'll be on mission. I'm going there to be a missionary. Suddenly I had his attention. Oh, okay. All right, let's have a conversation. Let's talk. And he said, I'll let you go if you promise to be a missionary. And I said, all right, all right, all right. I'm on mission. I'll go. So I got to the dance and never forget my first dance, public junior high. We had over, we had 2,100 kids in our school. I'm a junior, I've got a mullet, I've got braces, it's early 90s, it's achy breaky heart, Oklahoma, the South, it's hot. And I show up to the first dance and I'm like, okay, I, what, do, what do I have to do? I, I mean, those kids are my friends, I really, I really wanna do that. I know that I have to report back to my dad, like, you know, how well I did or whatever. And so I had this idea 
And then I would, uh, so the, 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 the cafeteria had elevated hallways all the way around. And so you could see, all, it would be as if that side was all the way around where you, could, where you could see people walking around. And then down in the cafeteria, you had the elevated stage with the DJ and the lights and the kids dancing. You know, and so they're rocking out early 90s. It's whoop, there it is. You know, it's that kind of thing. And it's, it's although we've come to the end of the road, you know, it's that kind of thing. See, like, and so, and so they're singing that. And so I'm trying to be this, this Christian missionary going to report to my dad about how I did. So I had the bright idea. I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll prayer walk. So I, I walked around the four corners, like the whole time, like the whole time. Like that's a long time to be kind of prayer walking. And I'm just like, you know, I'm quoting, you know, I know seven scriptures. I'm just going to quote, you know, the seven, you know, I'm, I'm going to quote Ephesians six and I'm going to just pray for them. And I'm looking at my friends. I kind of want to be down there. don't know if I should want to be down there. I want to please God. I'm on. And, and, and I remember just having that tension. So, so then, but the kids, it was weird. It just, it didn't, I didn't feel like it was working. So then I was like, I'm going to change philosophies. Now I'm going to go down in there. And then, so the next dance, <laughs> I got down in there and I was like, I was right. I mean, I was, you, I mean, I was, I was going for it more than anybody. Well, did it? I mean, you know, like I, I went after it full bore and, and I just remember then going back to report to dad, like, what did it look like? You know, I don't know which way to go. Do I, do I get in and hang out with them? Do I prayer walk around them? How, how do I start? How do I go? And, and, and I think for all of us, it's tempting for us to create rules, create laws, create ideas where we, want, where we try to live by a principle instead of a relationship. And I, I think when you've got Jesus and he's, and he's praying that, that we would be set apart, this idea here, this sanctify them, this idea of being sent is the big idea, that they would be sent. And here's where I wanna go. I wanna invite you to think not so much in terms of law, but in terms of relationship. I wanna invite you to think that as you participate in being on mission with Jesus, that you are in dialogue, talking with him and the weight of the great commission is not on your shoulders, it's on Jesus' shoulders. Jesus said in Matthew 16 that he would build his church. Your responsibility is to do what he's called you to do. And the idea here in John 17 of being in the world, not of it, there's lots of fights, lots of people criticizing. And, and it's a challenge because C.S. Lewis calls it the two-edged character of the Christian. It's how do we remain fresh in our times, but remain faithful to Christ? How, and, and you know, in your own journey, sometimes it's easy for you to be really fresh in your time, but, but maybe lose faithfulness to Christ. Like you, you're, you're in with people and you know them, but, but you don't carry... God's heart, you're mostly just hanging out. And you're fresh, clothes are right, smiles right, mm, you sing the song. And, and others, it's easy for us to be, well, I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm, I'm faithful to Christ, but, but you haven't had a conversation with someone who doesn't know Jesus in years. And so it's this rootedness in, I want relationship with God. And in relationship with him, I'm gonna be in it, and we look at Jesus, and Jesus embodied really in. So we think of, we think of Jesus in the incarnation that he, he came and that he got close to people, but I want you to see that Jesus really knew people. Jesus really went to the broken, 
And Jesus is our example of the one who is in, but not of. And Jesus is our example as the one who was sent. And he prays that you would be sent. And my dream for, for us in this series is that you would take a step in being sent and recognizing that you are in partnership on mission. Jesus looks at his disciples and he tells them to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And he says, I will be with you always. And they are partnering with Jesus. It's Jesus' mission. You're a partner. It's, it's a, his mission. You're in commission. You're, it's a great commission. It's a co-mission. It's you're with him. And he's got the vision. He's got the mission. And what if the weight of it doesn't rest on your shoulders? It rests on him. And you play the part that he's called you to play. And here's where I'm going. That when you're in relationship with him, he leads you into all truth. John 16, he said, I'll lead you into all truth. And so there are times where you're walking with him and you're not making a law, I don't go to the, to the dance. You're not making the, the law that I always do the dance. You're in relationship. Jesus, what do you want me to do? Sometimes he's saying, prayer walk, those kids are crazy. Sometimes he's like, get in there and know them, be with them, talk with them. I believe we can trust the Holy Spirit. We can believe that we have real relationship and he is using his church locally, globally, and we listen to his voice. And throughout church history, there's people fighting over this issue. Well, you're, you're, you're too much in it. Other people saying, well, you're, 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 you're not in it enough. And here's the dream, that you would get close enough to Jesus Rooted, 21 days, spend time with him, know him, walk with him. And then you would stay, the way that Paul says it, in step with the Holy Spirit, that you would go, where are you leading me? How are you leading me? And all throughout the scriptures, there's this idea of we're close to him and then he's pushing you out. It's this pushing you to go, pushing you to take a step where it, the world, it's not about you, it's about others all throughout the scriptures. Our temptation is it's about me. It's about my life. It's about my finances. It's about my family. It's about my future. It's about my friends. It's about my hobbies. It's about me. And yet, when we study the way that Jesus talks, the way that Paul talks, it's this, it's not about you. It's about others. And so it's partnering with Jesus to care about what he cares about, to sacrifice for what he cares about. And all throughout the scriptures, we find this idea of, of going. It's this when, when you get to the point where there's this hunger and this relationship with God where you really encounter him, that encounter leads to mission. That encounter leads to go. That encounter leads to be sent. Abraham, Genesis 12 and 15, it's this idea of God saying, I'm gonna bless you and now you gotta get out. I'm gonna lead you to the, go to the place that I'll lead you. He doesn't tell him where, he just says go. It's, it's, I blessed you to be a blessing. There's a going. In Isaiah 6, it's one of the great moments where Isaiah, it's called a theophany. It's a moment where he sees God. And so it's the moment where he says, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among people. And he's just, wow, 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 it's great. And then right after that moment where he sees God, it's this response from God, who will go for me? And he says, send me. Here I am, send me, go. So encounter, go encounter God, go. It was, it was that way with Moses in Exodus three. 
hey, burning bush. Is the burning bush just for your personal friendship? Nope, I'm gonna mm, send you, go take on Pharaoh. Let's go, get out of the comfort zone. I'm gonna use you. I want you to step out of what's comfortable. And this isn't about you, it's about others. Same idea with Jesus. Jesus looks at his disciples and after being with them, talking with them, hanging with them for three years, and he's, they've heard sermons and they've seen miracles and they've been close to him and, it, and he's pushing them to go. I'm on mission, Jesus would say. I am, I, I, I'm gonna build my church and I'm inviting you to be a part of that mission. Be on mission with me. Be a part of the great commission, go into the world and make disciples and I will be with you. Well, it's real comfortable just to stay here in Jerusalem, real comfortable to stay with what we know. No, I want you to go. It's that way with Paul. We read about Paul in Acts 9. Jesus appears to him, different than Isaiah's moment with God, but in Acts 9, appears to him, brighter than the sun is the way that Acts says it. And the language is not all right, let's hang out together here. It's this encounter of Jesus. And then it's go, go to the place that I'll lead you. And then later it's and go, and I'm gonna lead you to go into the Gentile world. It's encounter for the sake of mission. And when you have encounter with God, it fuels mission in your heart. And when you haven't been with God, the temptation is to pull back on mission because you don't have the fuel necessary, but when you've been with him, spending time alone with him, here on Sundays, in a prayer meeting, in a, in a small group setting. However, it's this, it's this encounter God to then go on mission. Where I want you to dream is I want to be on mission with Jesus. I have so encountered him that I have a story. Here's what I want you to think about. Your story is your greatest weapon to help tell people about Jesus. Sometimes it's easy for us to think, I don't know how God can use me. Here's a great starting place. Develop a habit of telling your story of the goodness of God. If you'll talk about God saved me and have that salvation story ready to go. You know it, you pray and you work on it. Same way you would work on, I wanna bench press more next month than I do this month. Same way you would think, I wanna have a, uh, you know, I want, I want my health to be better. Or I want my friends to be, I mean, we've got some different missions in life. Make this a part of what you wanna work on. I am called number one, I'm gonna love God. I'm gonna walk in relationship with God. But then I'm also called to see the world like he sees the world and to love others, to reach others. I wanna be, be on mission with him. And so I'm gonna work on the story that I have. And so I know for me, like when I was a kid, I wanted the story so badly of, of, of the testimony of, I was once on drugs and messed up and, and then Jesus saved me because every person that came to our church that went on stage was someone that said, I was messed up on drugs and then Jesus saved me. And I was like, that must be the story to have. And sometimes it's easy to think that's the only story. But I wanna invite you to develop the language for your story. Salvation, healing, marriage, kids, his nearness through suffering. And if you can develop that language, that story, it's one of the best ways that you can take a step in being an evangelist. It's one of the best ways you can take a step in being a bold witness, in being a proclaimer, in being a part of the great commission. And so 
Like for Dylan, Dylan, uh, his story is that. His story is one of Jesus saved me when I was in college. I was a wild man. And then I radically encountered Jesus. It's more like a Paul story. I don't have that story, but I, I, I've, I've worked on my story. Hey, when I was in junior high, <laughs> I was insecure, discouraged, depressed, defeated, miserable. And here's what Jesus did for me when he showed me how much he loved me. If you'll take your story and work on it, and then you're looking for opportunities, ways where you can speak it at just as you go, as you live your life in every, in every area of your life, telling your story digitally, telling your story in stores, people in your business where you work with, stories of God's goodness. It is his kindness that leads people to repentance, Romans 2. So if you can get that, here's how God, you've been good. We just sang about his faithfulness. If you've got on your lips a story, Here's how God's been faithful to me. It's a step in growing and becoming someone who proclaims, who declares a part of the Great Commission. And that's my dream for you is that you would be, even just begin to just take steps. So I love the way that um, Jesus encountered individual people. And after the encounter, you see them telling the story. There's the moment in John chapter four where Jesus engages in the conversation with the woman at the well. And post that, she goes and says to the village, listen to the man who told me everything about my life. And people gave their life to Jesus. I mean, people followed right there. There's a story in Luke 7. It's a moment where Jesus, with crowds around, where he, he, where he raises a boy from the dead and it says, news about Jesus spread throughout the countryside. Why? Because you, you talk about it when you see God activity. If we can become identifiers of Jesus activity, God at work, and then it's real. And we talk about, it. that's why we're so hungry for encounter. That's why we're so hungry to know him, to be close to him. And then out of that relationship, there's these moments where it's not, it's not this burden that I feel like I have an obligation. It's more than that. Yes, we're obedient and Jesus has told us to do it. And so we, we do walk in this conviction. I say it whether I feel it or not, but I'm telling you, evangelism will be more enjoyable when it's the overflow of a relationship where you're telling the story of God's activity in your life. And you're just, this is who he is. This is what he's done. This is, this is how he's at work. And you're telling that story. You're telling the story of him being close to you through the darkest season. And I'm telling you, it is not just through hobbies and friendship that you can connect with people. Jesus connected with people in their pain. One of the best things you can do is talk about, great is thy faithfulness in the midst of my pain. He, I, I feel supernatural strength even though I'm going through a hard season. And you'd be surprised if you're able to verbalize God's activity, even as a comforter, that he's a comforter in hardship can be a rallying point to tell the kindness of God, the goodness of God, the story of God. And you say, I've got one life to live and I am going to believe with great faith that he is good and he is God, even though I don't understand all that's going on around me. The, the news of Jesus spread throughout the countryside because people saw God at work, because there was activity. 
one of the best things you can do is get around it and then talk about God at work. Just your story. Just here's what God is doing. I love the way that Paul, uh, he tells this, his story in a way that I enjoy. I want you to see his story in 1 Corinthians 9. And he says this, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. To win, and there's his motive, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to, here's motive, to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. There's his motive. To the weak, I became weak. Why? To win the weak. I have become all things to all people. So that, motive again, so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So five times he says this word, win. I wanna win as many as possible. Win the Jews, win those under the law, win those not under the law, win the weak. It is that idea. I'm not living my life for my win, my win. Greater comfort, greater ease, greater enjoyment, greater memories, greater recreation. Uh, greater retirement, greater, whatever me. It's not to, it's, no, I have a bigger win than me. It's others. And so it's to start to think, my life is not just about me and even connecting with God just for my sake. It's, ay, 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 you are awesome and holy. Here am I, send me. Whoa, you are awesome. I'll go into all the world. Or, Acts 1, I'll go be a witness to Jerusalem, Judea, my world. I'll be a witness out of the overflow of you are awesome. And I love the way Paul says this. And I love the way that he says it in the message. And I wanna read that because he used it, Eugene Peterson gives us contemporary language. And I'm gonna pull, um, I, I wanna pull four letters from here I, 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 to create an, ac an acronym. Uh, my goal was to spell the word chiefs in celebration of today being the first game, but I couldn't quite figure out how to make that work. So then I went for NFL, couldn't make that work either, but I was successfully able to make the four points spell E-S-P-N. And so uh, here we go, it says this. For even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. Then he says this, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it, I wanted to be in on it. So here's the first one. It's this idea of enter. He says this idea, I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. So as he's talking about engaging with people, it's to enter into their world. Jesus, did this, the incarnation, but then he got right in the face of people. Actually, in Luke chapter five, when we read about Jesus connecting with Peter, it says that Jesus got into Peter's boat. 
Like what a great metaphor. Jesus actually, Messiah, gets into a man's fishing boat. This is this exact idea. He sees it from Peter's point of view. So then as he invites him into the great commission, he uses language that Peter understands. Hey, you're a fisherman. You fish for fish. I wanna invite you to be a fisher of men. I wanna invite you into my mission. And Jesus will do the same for you. If you'll let him lead you and just, Jesus, show me, how can I be on mission with you? And then what will happen is you'll go and you'll get a vision. Wh whose boat can I go get in so that I can see their world and I can enter into their world? Now I wanna invite you today to even ask God one person that you can enter into their world and see things from their view. So you go out of what's comfortable for you because you know what's comfortable for you. You've got a routine, you've got a rhythm and the very nature of the Great Commission is a lack of comfort. It's leaving what's comfortable to do something for the kingdom. It's getting my eyes off of me onto others. And so then he says this, he says, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all. This is interesting. It's the language of, I, I, I choose, I choose to serve. I voluntarily decide. Jesus, he went low. He entered the world of connecting with the most broken, whether it was the leper, the sick, getting down and riding in the sand. He talks to the adulterous woman, talking to Zacchaeus. Hey, I'm going to your house. I'm gonna enter your world and then I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna, Jesus is our example, the servant of all. And doing this is so countercultural because it's so normal to just serve yourself and love myself and care for myself but to serve others and get my eyes on others is costly, it's sacrificial. And Jesus invites you to serve like he serves. And so it's this servant of all. And then I like this next one because then he says, in order to reach a wide range of people. So Jesus is at work building his church and he's gonna use you to influence the people he's called you to influence. Your goal is not to save the world. It's not you, it's him. Your goal is to play your role in the Great Commission, what he's called you to do. And he is calling you to influence maybe the religious, the non-religious, the meticulous moralists, the loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. So this idea here, first he says, I'm gonna enter, I'm gonna serve. And I wanted to find like a P right there for or, uh, I wanted to find a P that was a verb, but I couldn't find a verb that I liked. So I'm gonna go with an adjective, right? And it's gonna, so it's gonna be pliable, right? If it was a verb, it would really be adaptable, but I don't wanna have ESAN, I wanna have ESPN. So I'm gonna go with pliable, all right? It's to be pliable. It's this idea that it's not my way, it's not the methodology that I want. I'm trying to reach those people and I'm gonna, I'm gonna voluntarily choose how, I gotta enter their boat, I gotta ad adapt, I gotta be pliable so that I can make a difference in their life. And so that means, how do I connect with them? Not just what do I enjoy? I love, uh, Allie Rogers told me this week that she is starting a small group for dog moms, right? And the goal is to reach 
dog moms, right? And Allie works um, a full-time job. Allie works in the evenings serving students. Allie has got, a, uh, she loves horses. She's got a pretty full life. She's got an incredibly cool husband. I mean, she's, she's and, and yet she's in so doing of creating this small group about dog moms. The, the point is not just that she wants to go connect with dog moms for her sake. It's for their sake. It's others. It's, I've got a vision. I'm called to be on mission with Jesus. Here's a way that I can connect with others and she's gonna be a part of. And so I want you to think about what does it look like for me to be on mission with Jesus? What's he inviting me to? How do I enter into the world of another? How do I serve? Not just the way that I'm most comfortable with, but what, how can I enter in and I'll be pliable. I wanna reach whether it's the, the defeated, the, the, the immoral, the hurting, the broken, what? And just be obedient because I'm in relationship. Not a law, not David's ideas that he preaches about. No, no, no. This is, I'm abiding and I'm listening to Jesus. I walk with Jesus. We spent time together and, I, and he's leading me into, and all I'm asking you to do is obey. All I'm asking you to do is to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. And then Paul gives this, this kind of kick at the end. And he goes, I don't wanna just talk about it. I wanna be in on it. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just wanna talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. So E-S-P-I-N, <laughs> in on it. I wanna be in on it. And my dream is that that gospel message that message is in us. And we go, I don't wanna just talk about it. And you, many of you have been talking about it for years, but you're not in on it. You can quote this sermon better than I can, but you're not in on it. I'm telling you for me, I wanna be in on it. I'm not, I, I wouldn't give myself an A plus at this. I'd give myself an A plus at weightlifting, but I wouldn't give my, just kidding, just kidding. I, I, but but I, want, I wanna be there. I, I, want, I want what oozes out of Paul to ooze out of me. We wanna to get to where this is, this is who we are. And my dream for you is that you would say, how can I do this? God, how can I enter into someone else's world? Serve them, be pliable. And sometimes, sometimes you don't even know exactly how to connect, but if you can connect, even just by finding 1%, John Maxwell says, find one, you, you, can't, you don't necessarily agree on 100%, find the 1% and put 100% of your energy on that 1%. Like, and, and say, all right, you are a dog mom. I'm a dog mom. That's the only thing we have in common. But let's spend 90% of our time talking about dog mom things. But then that opens up the door for Allie to say, you know, when I was my most broken moment, God saved me. Yeah, I used to blah, 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 blah. And God saved me. That's on week three. Week seven, oh yeah. I used to have rough relationships too, but then God sent me Dylan and God is faithful to give good gifts to those people that pray. That's her husband. And here's, here's the idea, it's this. It's just the overflow of God's goodness. It's the overflow of, or it's this, I am still in the dark season, but I believe that God is good. And people, I'm telling you, that's one of the, that's one of the best ways you connect with people. Is you just say, can I pray for you? I'm walking through a tragedy myself. I'm walking through this, whatever, and I, I'll pray with you. I don't know, but my life belongs to him, and I believe that he's good. 
And then as we go into this fall, we got this word from Banning, this idea as he prayed for us that we'd be a church with a harvest. And that's not gonna, that's, that's something, there's, a, there's an action point that we gotta do where we gotta go, we gotta go be hands and feet. We gotta go obey what Jesus has called us to. And I wanna just invite you to it. I wanna invite you just to dream it, to be obedient what he's called you to do. Not what David says to do. No, 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 that's not at all. Don't go there. Just in your time with God, all right? I am rooted, I have relationship, and I am on mission, co-mission with Christ. Your desires, that's what I wanna desire. The people you love is the people I wanna love. I wanna be on, I wanna stand before you and have my life not be about my comfort. I want to be divinely comforted by God and live on mission with Christ. One of my, one of my favorite stories of someone living this was Lane Schranz, who he's preached here twice, and you know him uh, if you've been here for a while. And Lane's a pastor in Birmingham, and we uh, were buddies in Colorado Springs before he moved to Birmingham in 2001. And Lane grew up the son of a race car driver. Uh, his dad was also a, uh, owned a tow truck company. And so his dad would race up uh, Pikes Peak every summer in the Pikes Peak hill climb. So Lane grew up in that context. And he grew up racing cars, hanging out with mechanics. And when he moved to Alabama, he maintained the relationships with all the race car drivers and the mechanics and the people that are part of the business and the race. And every year he goes back to Colorado Springs and he races up Pikes Peak. It's crazy, it's dangerous, it's wild, it's, it's intense, it's beautiful. It's June and there's snow at the top. And in 2015, he said, David, do you wanna come with me to the Pikes Peak hill climb? And I said, yes, until he said, okay, great. Meet me at the bottom of the mountain at 3 a.m. And I was like, no. Uh, but I decided to go anyway. I went 3 a.m. And there's like, you know, all the, all the beginnings of this race getting started. And, and we got to, you know, wherever they start the race, somewhere on the mountain. And, um, and there's this, just this cool moment because I watched Lane and he just knew all these people's names. And, he was laughing with them and joking with them and encouraging them. And then he created this huddle, didn't call it church, didn't call it chapel. He just said, hey, I just wanna, I just wanna connect with, with the race car drivers and anybody that wants to come, mechanics, anybody. And then he just said, hey guys, hey, hey, can I, can I just say a prayer? I'm a Christian, Is, are you guys okay if I just pray for our safety? And if you're about to race up Pikes Peak, you're like, sure man, yeah, go for it. I'll take all the help I can get. He never mentioned that he was a pastor. He just was a pastor. And he's got men and women that he's led to Christ on a mountainside by knowing about transmissions and motors and horns and tail lights and hitches, stuff that I don't know as much as him. I just want you to dream about what's, what's, what's a place, what's a way What's God calling me to do? What's it look like for me to be on mission? I just wanna encourage you to get started. You know, we often don't step into the evangelism because we're waiting until we've memorized a whole list of apologetics. Maybe we know the Bible well enough that we can debate things. I wanna encourage you, learn as you go. Obedience to the Holy Spirit leading you. I'll, I'll learn as I go. When I married Renata, I did not think I know everything about being a husband. I just was like, 
here goes. When Renata and I had kids, it was not like, hey, we know how to train a human being. No, we were like, we'll learn as we go. I just wanted to invite you to take a step. Let that obedience to Jesus lead you to say what Paul said. I don't want to just talk about it. I wanna be in on it. Will you bow your heads with me and let's pray together. Father, we just ask as a church that we would get in on the Great Commission. I just pray for my friends today. Pray for fresh hearing your voice. Holy Spirit, revelation, open up hearts today. Would you just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal one person to you that he's inviting you to go get in their boat, serve, adapt, be pliable. Father, I just pray for each person that was just prayed for. We pray that we would be your hands and feet to see a harvest this fall and in the years to come. And if you're here today and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I wanna invite you just at your seat between you and God, just say this prayer, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. I don't wanna live for me, I wanna live for you. Save me, redeem me, change me that I might be with you forever. In Jesus' name.